Welcome back to Queen Bees. This is Tina. And I'm Lisa. Today we are doing a collaboration with Lisa Concepcion. I think I said that right. She is a certified professional life coach. And she sort of, she specializes in dating and relationship coaching. She graduated from, is that, is that Rutgers University? with a bachelor's in marketing communications and she is also a certified professional life coach and energy leadership master practitioner through the institute of professional excellence in coaching wow that was a mouthful she's great guys i cannot wait for you guys to hear her amazing advice so sit back relax and get ready to listen to some of this life changing suggestions might want to grab a notebook. Quick tip. Yes. Get a notebook and a pen or writing utensil. All right. So let's jump into this. Well, why don't you start by introducing yourself and go, we'll go from there. Great. Okay. So my name is Lisa Concepcion. I'm a certified professional life coach and I specialize in dating and relationship and reinvention after breakups and divorce. And so I got started in this and was inspired to do this type of work after my own divorce and subsequent reinvention. And I found that along my own journey, I learned a bunch of stuff about codependency and healing it and soothing it and really understanding what it even means and how it shows up in relationships. And when I realized that I had this thing, this codependent nature, and it was showing up in relationships and also everything, every relationship, professional relationships, everything, um, I had this desire to sort it out and handle it once and for all. And when I did, I codified it. I wrote down my entire process. I have journals upon journals of you know what I what I went through in, in the winter of 2015 into 2016 to really heal this thing in me, understand what it was about, and then transform it so I can show up differently in my relationships. And so once I started this business, Love Quest Coaching is my company. Um, I started to really gravitate towards breakups and the wisdom that you get when you go through a breakup or a divorce and that journey back to yourself. So a lot of the things that I do in my business is divorce prevention. So on one hand, it's helping people get over their divorce if they go down that path and they want to reinvent but I also set out to be the kind of coach that I wish I had when I was married so that we could have saved it if that was, you know, in the cards for it to be. Obviously, I am where I am because this is where I'm supposed to be. So that said, I love working with couples who want to check in with each other, just to, just they're, they're busy and they're... Um, directed they're very type a they know what they want out of life but they at times disconnect they have a lot of things going on at once and so the things that were once really important fall away 
It might drop off with communication. They might even change direction as far as their goals, what they want to achieve. And then one person's over here in a silo doing their thing. The other person's doing theirs and they're more like this instead of like this. So in 2020, we saw the world change. And in that, many couples were either breaking up or figuring out how to work this all out together. So yeah, being stuck together all the time when you're not used to that really changes your dynamics. Yes, it has. It definitely, it definitely does. So it's very interesting that you're like, yeah, come on and talk about, you know, three ways to save your relationship. And meanwhile, I'm like, yeah, I broke up with somebody in 2020. <laughs> I ended, it I, happens. I ended a four and a half year relationship in 2020, you know, but, um, you know, it, it was great. It, it was, the relationship was necessary when it, when it was, and the ending of it was necessary when, when that happened as well, you know, but I believe that if 2020 did not happen, something else would have happened to, lead us to that decision of, of parting ways amicably and like with love in our heart but you know right kind of like the butterfly effect no matter which way you go you end up at the same outcome it's just different how you get there right precisely exactly exactly so yeah i mean and, and if you look at it that way you know you you can cope with it and and, and accept it and and reach peace with it as opposed to a lot of people who might be watching this and they're in these relationships and they're in a resistance. It's like they're not growing in the relationship. They're not really on the same page with where they want the relationship to go, but they're still in it because they've spent so much time with this person and to start over would be, you know, would be overwhelming. And, and a lot of people get um, caught up in that cycle where, and I was, when I was um, in my marriage, I was, you know, married for, total of 17 years in the last four and a half we were separated and that was where I was it was that cycle of we have to figure out how to put this together again because I can't imagine starting from scratch and and being completely out there single again are you kidding me like I know you since I'm 20 years old how am I supposed like what do you I'm 44 years old at the time like the idea of who am I going to be, you know? And yet part of me needed it for my growth, needed to be on my own for my growth. So, you know, these, the, the, the folks who are, you know, coming across your podcast thinking like, okay, we're going to get into some discussion of, you know, three quick tips about how to keep your relationship from falling apart. And then they're listening to this. I'm hopeful that they feel like they're not alone because it's very confusing. It's always very um, there's a lot of resistance with these types of conversations that you have with yourself, whether to stay, whether to go. Um, and, and if you are going to stay, what does that look like? What does the new agreement have to be? Maybe more than one agreement. Maybe it's just, you know, sitting together and being like, okay, we were these people to this point, not working anymore. It can't sustain itself anymore. So what do we want to create next? And sometimes just in that conversation, you start to realize, maybe I don't want to create anything next with this person. True. Very, very true. Right. And then sometimes when you both are in agreement, which is the key thing, is step one, figure out if you're both in agreement that you want to be together. Then the second thing is, well, what does that look like now? 
what does being together mean to you? And what do we want to create? What do we want to do together? Where are we going next in our life? And um, being very honest and real about what that is. And if it is not on the same page, then at least you are honest about it. And then you could figure it out. But as far as, you know, saving it, if we want to focus on that, definitely step one is why do I want to save it? And making sure that the reason for why you want to save it isn't about ego. It isn't about codependency, um, you know, neediness, any kind of, if you're genuinely like, this is my person and I, and I love them. And yeah, there's stuff that goes on that's annoying. And, you know, I feel like we're a little disconnected, but I couldn't imagine my life without them in it. Once you go down the path of imagining your life without them, that's the danger zone. That's when you're even entertaining the idea of, you know, this can look a whole different way if I'm not with this person. And you start to really look at that, then it becomes more difficult. That's why I say to people when they separate, you know, be clear on why you're separating. Are you separating with a purpose and you just want to be a part to gain some perspective and just be in your own thoughts and in your own soul? Or is it a test run of how to be apart from this person? And many people take separation that way. That's why a few people get back together once they're separated, living in a different place, you're getting in your own group. So I often say, like, if you're looking to save this thing, get into a situation with a coach, with an expert that can absolutely put you in a situation where you're communicating. And you're communicating with a purpose, with a clear intention. Because once you start to be like, oh, okay, I'm going to move out. I'm going to go crash at my, you know, brother's, whatever. And then you're being bachelor boy, hanging with your brother. And then you're, you're living that life. It doesn't take long to start to set a, a new normal right. for yourself. And would you say even right. if you had kids, if you're not... Mesh, mesh, meshing together, molding together. Even if you have kids in the picture, and you, would you still advise possible divorce if that's not where you guys are headed? Well, when kids are in the mix, it's really important to assess the climate, the environment, because a lot of people make the false presumption that staying together in a cold, toxic, dysfunctional environment is better than being apart. And in actuality, it's not because children want their parents happy and the energy to be good. And when children are around an environment where they're walking on eggshells because their parents are always, you know, giving snide comments to one another or where there's just a toxicity in the energy of the home, um, it's just not healthy for them. And as parents, it's difficult to assess that and to be honest with that and say, you know, we don't get along. And this vibe that we have in this home is just not healthy for these kids, whether they're babies, little or teenagers. It's, it's very um, toxic. So sometimes it's great to... Um, get the entire family in on the, the recovery of it 
because it's beyond the couple. If the couple is broken, it's going to impact the entire family. So in that case, it's good to get everybody's perspective and have them be heard and validated with what's going on. Because that's where you get a lot of children who are in that environment and they're staying quiet, yet they have all this nervousness, this anxiety, this uncertainty, and they don't really have a safe space to communicate it. And that's what I love to do is because I am a child of divorce, I totally can hold the space for the children or the kids, the teens, whatever it is. Perfect. Because I know, I know what, I know what that is to be little and confused and thinking that you're bad. These people are fighting and whatever, because there's something wrong with me or they're not hearing me. They're not nurturing me. I'm 14 and I'm going through my own thing with COVID in school and ridiculous. And they're so wadded up in their own thing that they're not showing up for me. So now I have, this random group of friends and they're being the nurturing thing. This is where people start to split off. So this is why it's very important to really assess what is going on. Divorce may be the answer or not, but having a very honest look at the reality of what is going on in the home is the number one important thing. So what would be some like major signs that you might need therapy? or a counselor? I mean, other than obviously screaming at each other all the time. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely one, but you know, <coughs> typically both people have to want to work on it. So if, if, if there's a sign where one person is absolutely not, I'm out, I don't want to do therapy, then you know what you're dealing with. But that doesn't or coaching or counseling or whatever path you choose. But that doesn't necessarily mean that just because they don't want to do it, that you don't need it and that you can't benefit from it for yourself. So I have had situations where I have started coaching one person within a couple and then the other person sees the change in that person and comes in and then they can save it. So sometimes you taking the initiative or one person within the couple taking the initiative to say, you know what, you're saying to me that you don't want to do this with me. You don't want to hire this coach. You don't, you know, you're not in, you're not in at all, but I have to do something for myself so that I can be in peace within this, whatever this is doing. And I can't control you or whatever, but I can figure this out for me and feel my way to this for me. So it's very brave when you have somebody like, listen, my marriage is in trouble and my person, my spouse does not want to be part of this yet. So what should I do? And then I say to them, well, you can start because one person can absolutely affect the entire vibe of the, of the whole thing. They, if they're really committed and they're working on themselves, they can then put that energy into the home, into the dynamic of the relationship and completely change it. So what ends up happening is when one person does this work, they're going to go from an energy point that's here and they're going to go up here and then they're going to maintain that. And then when they go home, the person is going to either have to meet them there or they're not going to play because this person, once you hit this level of energy, it's going to, it's going to pain you to go here. 
you won't do it. it. It's like, you know, too much. You, you, you know how to think differently so that you can maintain an energy level that's more peaceful and harmonious. And so when you tap into that and that's the work I do, I'm, I'm an energy leadership master practitioner. So I know how to read vibe and I know how to help people elevate their vibe and keep it there. So their new set point, their new vibrational set point, completely different. That's when people say, what have you been doing? You seem different. I don't know if anything ever happened like in your life, right? Some kind of, some kind of something goes down in your life and you handle it for yourself. Your vibration changes about that topic and ultimately in your overall life. You're never the same again. Oh yeah, for sure. You're wiser, right? So you're never going to be that again. So that in itself can inspire the other person to bump up here too or fall away. Either way, you're good. Your energy has been elevated. You're in a peaceful place. You know how to assess what's going on and respond to it as opposed to reacting to it, which is huge because that's what we end up doing, right? We end up in these in these relationships and we're just reacting to each other. But there's that balance of, hold on, wait a second. I'm hearing what you're saying and I'm feeling it in my body that this is not good. So let me assess what's going on and then come to you with a response. And that can happen within, you know, five seconds. It doesn't have to take three days of like go to the mountain and mull it over. It can, but you know, in the, in, in conscious communication, you're able to really listen to people and be in your body in yourself to really be truthful about how you're receiving what it is they're saying. That makes sense. So actually listening to what the other person has to say before thinking about what you're going to say back. I'm and being about that. clear about your expectations. Because Yeah, so with with that, and this is a little nugget for the people out there who are in it, right? They're in this conversation with their spouse and it's like, you know, hours and hours and hours and they don't they don't get anywhere. The same loop. So that's typically because the people aren't feeling heard. So they feel like they have to repeat themselves. So what I encourage people to do is have conversations at a table with notebook and, and literally write down what the other person is saying and, and really get it. And you, and, and this is like practice It's to train you how to listen to one another. And when you're writing, you're not interrupting. So one of the things that couples do, Lord knows I was completely in this when I was in my marriage, it was, hundred percent something to work on and it actually helped me in business helped me in, in everything is interruption. So when you master not interrupting people and instead asking curious questions to get them to open up more, they feel heard, validated. They feel endeared to you again. It can change the whole game. So the baby step to take is to come at each other and say, listen, let's have a conversation tonight and you come in with a notebook and you say, I am bringing a notebook because I want to get everything you're saying to me. And as they're saying it, you're writing it down 
okay, you think I got it too much time working on kids stuff, overscheduled kids, too much running around, not enough quality time. Ooh, you want quality time with me? That's nice. Quality time. But you're writing it down and you're really taking in what that other person is saying. I love then, that. Yeah. And then here's the big aha is you read it back to them. So you, you're, you're like, okay, what else? And they're like, and this and that. And they're free to just, bleh, you know, to gripe and be like, here's, here are my grievances. This is what, this is where I'm at. Okay, write it down. What else? Keep writing it down. This way, they don't feel wrong. You're not butting in. You're not defending yourself. You're, you're just, my job, get it on paper. That's it. Right? And then when you read it back, the, the exercise of that makes it stick. It has stickiness now. And you're not on, and you're not in the defensive anymore. You're reporting back what was said, so you could separate your personal from it. Then the following step is: did, did I understand this all right? Did I miss anything? No, you got it. Good. Do you feel good that I got it? Like, do you feel like I really got? It? Yeah. No, I really feel like you got it. You finally just told me exactly what I said. What I've been saying for six months. Finally. You get it. Okay. Awesome. Let's go one by one and come up with some new agreements. Because now it becomes a thing where you're sitting at the table looking at what's in the notebook as a team to come to a way to figure it out or feel it out or a combination of both. So that it becomes a conversation of, okay, overscheduled children driving you crazy. Got it. And you know what? I didn't realize that the reason why it was making you crazy was because you actually want to have more quality time together. I thought you were just blowing me off all the time in frustration. And then it's, well, I thought that you didn't want to spend time with me because you were so wrapped up in the kids and then, and then just off to do your thing. No, I like to spend quality time with you too. And then you're in agreement. Because it, it, it's like, whoa, like I thought here I'm thinking this whole thing and it's completely untrue. So Wait, because like, each side is assuming now you something. And I are a team. Yeah. So now you and I are a team together working on this problem to find a solution of how we're going to sort out the overscheduled children and how we're going to get them off to where they need to be and, and us to have our quality time together. And then you start brainstorming. Now it's like, well, would you be up for like – Maybe every other weekend we bring them to your sisters. They have their cousins. They're all kind of the same age. Like, would your sister be into doing a thing where every other weekend we switch and we can give the adults a whole weekend, empty house, no kids. We could be naked, like whatever you want to do. Because it does take a village to have a family thriving. You know, I actually had that. That's where that example came so, so quickly to me was because I did have that with um, a family. They were a family of four grown siblings, um, ranging in age from like 45 down to like late 20s, right? So the young sister, the youngest one, she was like 28. And she wanted time with her nieces and nephews. And she had young energy. She was single. She had this really cute, this, this house, this big condo, whatever. She's like, I'll take the kids. 
I'll take the kids. I, I want time without you maniacs because they're better behaved when they're only with me. I'm the cool young aunt. I do movie night, we <laughs> hang out, right? I'm the cool young aunt. They come over, we sleeping bags in the living room, the whole thing, and we hang out and watch movies. It's great. And then the next day, whatever, in the afternoon, I drop them off or you come get them, whatever. But I will take, they never asked. They never knew that this sister was willing to do that. It changed the game for everybody. So sometimes, you know, communication in the family and raising your hand and saying, listen, I'm having an issue with my marriage because I don't have quality time with my husband. These kids are driving me nuts. Three of them underneath the age of 12. It's crazy. And you never know that that sibling or the grandma or someone will be like, why don't you just leave them with me? If you guys want to do it all day, date day, Saturday, whatever, pick two Saturdays out of the month and bring them to grandma's house. I love that. We can hang out here. But if you don't communicate that with the family at large, then you don't know. And, and these problems can really be solved. A lot of times, it's just they're not being communicated on. And people feel um, very siloed. They, oh, I don't want to share my business. I don't want to tell my parents that we're having trouble. I don't want to. Opposite, opposite. It's every, granted, you don't want to have like the in-depth of, of every detail of your marriage. But if you're a family, when you got married, right? Do you remember, right? When you get married, there is a verse or there is a, there is something that is said during the ceremony of marriage that calls upon the witnesses of the union yeah. to be responsible for the union. And people don't listen to that because they're just like, get me to the cocktail hour, bro. <laughs> that was me at her wedding. Nobody's really, everybody's like, I'm dressed nice. Oh, look what she's wearing. I feel so pretty with the bride. Oh my God, her ring is huge. I can see it from here. Like they're focusing on the wrong stuff, right? But there is, if you really look at the vows and the, the, the commitment that's being made, it's not only between the spouses, the husband, the wife, it's be, it's between them and all the people that were witnessing this union under God in this form. That's why when people say, oh, I don't think it's necessary to get married. I'm like, dude, who's going to, who's, like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, you're just, you're, you're essentially declaring to God, the universe that I'm here for you till death and beyond. And the people who witness this are also committed to it. So when you call your sister or you call your parents and you say, Hey, listen, so I remember like five years ago when you guys were sitting in the room and you had the tuxedo and the whole thing and we had this great dinner and party. Okay. In that, you made a commitment to us that if we are in trouble, we can come to you for advice, we can come to you for support, and that you will uphold your bargain in this as being part of our family. And and what do you need? What you know? What you need to go to Aruba for a week and leave the kids with us? Fantastic, we've got it. If that's what's going to rekindle this and help you get strong and solid, cool. If you want to do therapy, a coaching session one hour every week and, and homework in between and you need us to just take the kids for a few hours whatever tell us what you need it'll do it families need to do more of that it will it will really dramatically i believe shift the way divorce goes it will it, when people are supportive of one another and they really do take that family is everybody okay you know how many times people 
they go through things in their marriages and the saddest, saddest thing, because this is what happened to me, was when the people who were so close to me said, I would never think that there was anything wrong with you both. I, I would never think that you were in trouble. It's like, wow, like that's, that's how disconnected we were and the, and the false show that we were putting on. It was that believable that all of this turmoil is going on and we said nothing to no one. We had no support, nothing. We we're in our little silo of, of this awfulness and it could have been different. But again, hide and sight 2020. That's why now I do this work and I say these things on podcasts and stuff because it, you don't know who's listening and you don't know how it's going to hit for somebody. And all it nearly needs to do is hit for, you know, a few people hearing this. And it could change the game. Think about it. Like you girls are putting together this podcast, right? So, you know, somebody, somebody is like, my marriage is in trouble. This is a disaster. And we, we haven't been right for like almost a year. And I'm afraid and I don't want to lose it and whatever. And then all of a sudden they're listening to this podcast and they're like, you know what? I never told anyone in my family. It's been a secret. My husband and I have been keeping this a secret from all the people who witnessed us getting married and love us and want us to thrive and want us to be okay. And we've hidden this. This is ridiculous. Why would we do this? And it's because we are conditioned to be, I got it. I got it by myself. I can do it by myself. And sometimes, you know, when you're sitting down and you go to your grandma or you go to that great aunt or you go to that relative who has been married for years and years and years, and you sit there and you're like, hey, do you have time for a conversation? I want to have a call with you. And you, and you pick their brain. You say, listen, did you ever have an issue in your marriage? Like, how, what happened? How did, how did you deal with it? And that aunt might tell you, oh, honey, I had 10 years in, we thought we were going to get divorced. Really? What happened? And, and that becomes this beautiful conversation. You have wisdom. You have people around you that can give you wisdom. We'll be right back after a brief message about our sponsor. Have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It is completely free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It is everything you need right at your fingertips and all in one place. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. I don't have any questions. I'm personally, even though I feel like my relationship is wonderful with my husband, I'm personally like taking notes over here. Like, uh, I got to call this person because we need to sit down with a notebook and work on some shit later. <laughs> yes, I do really love that. And not even just with husbands and wives with the notebooks. Like if you and I are having an issue, sit down with notebooks or your your friend or your cousin or your brother or your parents. And I agree with you on the talk of, talking about it with other people to an extent, like what you're saying, you know, you don't have to go blast everything all over, you know, social media or anything crazy and say all these negative things, but 
there are other people out there who have experience and whether it's your relationship with your spouse or your best friend or your parents or your siblings or even your grown children or whatever it might be, there's always going to be somebody else out there that you could look upon for advice or ask advice from. So I think that's important too, is like sharing, but not bad mouthing. There's a difference. Yes. Right. Very important point because think about it. You call your sister or your friends or whatever, and you're bad mouthing and they love you. And now you're painting this picture of disparaging them. And then they give you some advice. You go home, you put it back together, nicey nice. And then that Sunday at the barbecue, they're looking at them like, I know stuff about you now. I see you differently now. Right. You don't want that. You don't ever want to be just, you know, you could, you can say, here's the problem that we're having. And what do you think about it? Did you ever experience something like that without throwing them through the mud under the bus and back again? Very important to do that. Yes. To really be clear about like how you're going to present it because the people, you know, they, they want to, um, help you but also know that there are some people even though they love you so much but they love drama absolutely there's those a lot of people right. out there yeah, like know, that know who you're going to know who you're going to for that kind of thing know know who you could trust know um know who isn't going to be an enabler right so this isn't the time when you're dealing with something really serious like that to get to the to like the relative who's like the party girl who's going to be like, yeah, come talk to me. I'll get a bottle of rosé and we'll handle it, right? <laughs> like that, it's fine, but that's not what you need, right? Really think about, you know, maybe this is a conversation to have with my father or, you know, my father's brother. He, they've been married forever or, you know what I mean? Like really think about, you know, who can help me with this? And, and no, because if you have a peanut gallery, then everybody's going to have an opinion and you're going to get confused. Of yeah, course, but if but if it's if it's somebody that really in your family like the touchstone, the person who's got their head together, leveled, you know, um, it, it doesn't hurt because you know, like they like I said earlier, they may they might have a piece of advice, but they also might be part of the solution. Like that example of my client, right? My client's the couple with the twenty eight year old sister who was like, "I want more time with my little peanut niece and nephews. I never see them enough." And, and they were like, wait, you do? Like, you're 28, you're dating, you're doing your thing. She's like, no, but like every now and then, I just want to chill at home and have them and have fun. You know, and, and they never knew that. And like, that's so... That's a, such a true example. I actually have a really good friend who she called me and she was complaining how her and her husband never get time together. And he works at a like a mill. So they do swing shift and weekends and holidays and all this stuff. And he finally has a weekend off and they can't get a sitter. And I was like, um, hi, over here. I would love my godsons. And they live three hours away. But I said, I don't care. Well, you drive halfway. I'll drive halfway. We'll meet in the middle. I'll keep them for a weekend. And and it's not something we'd ever considered doing before because she's so far away. But when she was like, hey, I need help here. I don't know what to do. I'm having a hard time. Something that neither of us even thought of just happened. So great. And you know what the key words to that is? I need help. Right. We don't like to. 
need that. It's a very vulnerable place to be in, right? With you're supposed to have it all together, right? You're supposed to have it, you know, we have the best marriage ever, everything. But when you can say, hey, I need help. I haven't been alone with my spouse in like six months and he finally has a weekend together. We can be together. I, I can't pass this up. I'm afraid that if I do, I'm not going to seize this opportunity and it could do something in my marriage. And I don't want to do that. Can you help me? They, who's going to say no? That's what you did. You ended up brainstorming a solution. I'll drive halfway. You drive halfway. We'll, we'll exchange, you know, we'll put the peanuts in the car and done and we'll, we'll make it work. Yeah. There's always a way, you know, there has to be will and then there, the way will be revealed. And, um, you know, that is definitely a way to save it, to, to nourish it, to bring the whole family in and remind them like, listen, bro, I didn't just buy a party with booze, open bar, free food for, for like, this was, um, an intentional union that you witnessed. You are a witness to this under God. You have a responsibility then. And that is not upheld enough. I think it's really important that, um, you know, the gravity of, of what it means with, with marriage versus a wedding. I think there's a lot with social media. There's a lot of emphasis on wedding. Absolutely. A wedding is a party, right? Celebration is beautiful. But when you are even a guest of a relative coming to a wedding, like, wow, like I was witness to that. That is something special. I had to be there for this couple. I don't even know them. I was a date to this thing. But you're, you're quiet. Your phone is off. You're, you're giving it the respect of, dude, I might never see these people again, but like I witnessed this under God. There's a level of respect that has to come with that. And I don't think people give it that level of gravity. I think if they did, there would be fewer people saying, I don't really need to get married. I'm too old. I already had kids or I'm not having kids. And they make the marriage thing a requirement for children a a marriage a a commitment under god is basically having that union ordained by something greater than the two people the humans involved it's a soulful contract right so if if i'm boyfriend girlfriend or whatever and we're shacking up there's a that's wonderful for here in this plane right but if you want to take this thing to the spiritual realm and you want to be together as God put you together, but for all eternity, then you need to commit to that. And, and you need to have witness of the commitment made under under God. If that's how you roll, I mean, I you know, it, it, it's a spirit thing. It's not necessarily religion. You can say nice things to each other on a mountaintop in Jamaica. You're in front of the witness of God. Doesn't matter. So like, it, it, you know, this is more of a soulful exchange between two people. And when you really look at it that way, you don't enter it lightly and you don't exit it lightly. It's a very big deal. A lot of people just, you know, throw around the divorce word like it's nothing. Oh, I can just get divorced. It doesn't work out. But imagine if that was off the table. Like it's not an option. Divorce is not an option. I wish that in my marriage, I came at it that way. 
Imagine, oh, I think we should separate. Well, we need to figure this out because divorce isn't an option. What do you mean divorce is an option? Honey, I married you to the end and beyond. Not just until like you pissed me off and then I'm out. So what are we going to do? And then get the notebook and tell me everything that you, you're not saying it to me because you're being mean. You're saying whatever because I need to hear it. I attracted you into my life to help me along my journey. And people bag out right when it's getting juicy. It's like easy to hang with somebody when things are great, right? It's easy. But when that person is noticing things about you and you're noticing things about them and you reach an impasse and you're just not getting along, you're not agreeing, that's where you're really, you're like, I made a commitment to you under God. So we got to figure this out. Now, if it's like boyfriend, girlfriend thing, that's a time of, of evaluation. That's a time of, you know, I've been with this person for four and a half years. They have a completely different worldview about core values that I have stepped into. And so who I was when I started with them is different than I am now. And I can't go back to that. I'm a different person now. So maybe we just grew apart and maybe this relationship was to elevate me to this place in my life now and me with them. But it wasn't meant to be a marriage thing. It was meant to be a relationship for a couple of years. We hang out, we learn a bunch of stuff and on we go. So, you know, there are people listening to this more like marriage based than there are people listening to this. of like, yeah, well, what about that? Like what, what about if one person is in a relationship and they want marriage and they want to take it to another level and the other person does not, that's the, reason for most breakups that's when you sit down with the notebook and you do the evaluation and determine are we gonna keep going forward and growing together or are we going to you're you're gonna go that way and i'm gonna go this way and thanks for the time and the growth and the wisdom and i wish you well exactly because then it doesn't have to be a mean thing like awful with animosity and awfulness doesn't have to be that no drama, no social media airing dirty laundry, awful. It doesn't need that. It's not necessary. You just reach a point where you realize I am here and I want to go over there and you're here and you want to go over there. It's two different directions. And when the person says, I just don't see how it can work, no, that's the kiss of death. I don't see how it can work. I just don't see the future. We're too different. That means they're already looking away from you. As long as the two people in the relationship are looking towards each other and then forward and out, then you have a shot. But when you're entertaining, over there looks really good and I don't really care if you come with me because I'm going over there no matter what. That That's where you start to entertain, you know, is this really the person for me? So, yeah, I mean, there's always, that's why relationships are so juicy and delicious is that it's always helping you to question where you're at within yourself at any point in your life. If you're, if you're in a relationship, it's like the biggest mirror just shining right at you. That is so true. No matter what stage of a relationship, well, not necessarily a stage of relationship, but no matter what age you are, whether you're in your 20s and you've just been married for a couple of months 
or you're in your 60s and you've been married for the last 20 years, or even like us who have only been married for, well, what is it, 13 this year? Each, you can always do that reflection, notebook, communication, work on it. Yeah, and it's nice when you say to somebody that you care about, um, I want to get better at listening to you. Like, you matter to me, and what you feel and what you say matters. And in order for me to keep my yap shut so that you can fully say it all, I am going to take notes. <laughs> like, think about what that, like, think about what a guy would feel like if you said that to them. Like, he, he'd be like, really? Like, thank you. Right? It's very disarming. You mean you're not going to fight with me? No, I'm not going to fight with you. I'm just going to write notes. I think my husband <laughs> would be really confused. Like, what What the hell is going on here? What? what? Yeah, uh, and then you don't have to get into it. You just be like, don't worry about the how. I saw the thing. I, I listened to this thing. I saw this thing. Just trust me. We're going to experiment and see if what happens. What if I just shut up and take notes and you get to tell me everything? <laughs> I'm going to try it. Right? And then you just sit there. With the notebook. I mean, you can make it fun. You can have a highlighter pen. Be like, wow, you're really pissed. Highlight. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's a good one. I'm doing that. That'll be our <laughs> challenge for the week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's the thing. Listening is the key. And, you know, communication, right? So, as long as there's communication, it can be saved. It's when you stop communicating. When you're festering and ruminating and resentful resentments build that's where dangers are sometimes you know it really does require somebody um extending the olive branch so like let's say it's a couple and they are not getting along and they've been fighting but they think that they're just covering it up by like going to dinners and things so anybody can hang out and have a good time together, but it, 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 that's just superficial. The, the core issue is still there. Right. So that's where it gets um, an opportunity to say, you know what? I love hanging out with you. And I love that we're married this long and we still can go out to dinner and have a good time. Having a good time is never a problem with us. You always can have fun. You can have fun grocery shopping. However, there are some things that we're not really talking about that we need to talk about. And so I have some questions for you. I just want to know you better in this thing. And, and I'm going to take notes. I'm going to take a notebook because I don't want to interrupt you. I want you to just, just ask you questions. And they'll, and you know, make it a thing where it's like once a month, kind of, you know, state of the union, right? <laughs> you know, it's the first of the month. Okay. What are we doing this month? What, what didn't we accomplish last month that we let each other kind of get away with and slack off on that we want to look at for this month? What do you need help with? What are you, what are you going for this month for you? Regardless of me, what, what are you doing? What's work like for you this month? What are you, what are you afraid of? What are you working on, concerned about? And then you have these talks and it's like amazing. I didn't know these things about you. I, you start to discover new stuff about the person 
that you're with that keeps it fresh, keeps it interesting, and definitely not a routine, and you feel supported and heard. On both sides. On both sides, yeah. And that, you know, you're not in this silo, like living your separate life under the same roof. That's lonely. I mean, when you're when you're in a relationship and you feel lonely, like that's rough. You're like, I can't talk to this person about this, right? I had I had people saying in 2020, holy crap, like I didn't realize this person even thought this way. And I've been with them for years. I have a I guess kind of a personal question, but I feel like it would relate to a lot of our listeners. Um, one thing that my husband does that kind of drives me crazy is he comes home and he like bitches about work for like an hour every day. And I try really hard to listen to him, but some days it's like, I just cannot stand to listen about work one more second. Like your work does not pay me uh, anything. So I don't want to hear about your work anymore. So I feel like, you know, I could probably use a little bit more patience with him in that aspect. But like when you're frustrated about listening to somebody, is there a good thing to do or not to do? You know, because I definitely don't want to be like, shut up about work. I can't listen to this anymore. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, in that case, it's a little bit of a balance because you have got to be responsible for your own energy. Okay. So ideally, I would have you do something with yourself an hour before he comes home so that the energy of the home is such that he walks in and it's like sanctuary. Okay. Like this is my safe place away from the awfulness of work. And when I will open the door, when I pull into the driveway, I can feel a shift in the energy where I cannot bring this in there because in there is safe and there's food cooking and it smells like cookies. And I don't know what she does in this house. There's a candle and it's just cozy and the, it's, it's like a ritual that you want to create. So the okay. reason why I say it is because the woman, and this is where we get into a whole conversation of, you know, masculine and feminine energy. So the woman in a home has great power. Like you're a queen. You are the queen of the home and the king is coming back from the castle to the castle after slaying the dragons and being in the awful of, you know, of it all. And so Yet, it is up to the queen to set the tone, to set the energetic tone of the home. So, for example, if you choose to set the energetic tone of the house where certain language is not used in this home, certain voice tones, just it's just not, he's going to figure it out. He's going to be like, you know what, I'm going to join CrossFit. I got to do something. I got to do something after work between I leave and I come home. I have energy that I have to expend. I, I can't bring that energy in the house, but it's gotta go somewhere. So maybe I go, and I don't know if he's a gun guy, maybe he'll go shooting at the range. Whatever 
his thing is, he'll lead a thing. And you can encourage that in him. You can, you can say, you know, babe, I have something I'd like to bring up to you. Let me see how this hits you. I understand that your job is this, 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 and you're responsible for so many, this is, and these people drive you crazy all day. And I get it. And my, I, my heart goes out to you. You do a lot. And, and you know, you're not feeling understood. It's all the things that you, that you share with me and I hear you. However, how would you feel about maybe joining something or doing something only for you that will help you decompress after work? Maybe whatever the thing is. I, I did this with a woman and she had her husband shoot hoops in the backyard. That was it. It was a hoops net. It saved their marriage. He put a hoops net in the driveway and saved marriage. Because all he did was he parked the car in the driveway, had the ball in the car, and he just baskets. Boom. And the repetitive nature of the shooting gave him kind of a meditative thing where he worked out all his stuff. And then by the time he got in, kissed her on the cheek. Hey, how was your day? Yeah, I heard you bouncing ball out there. How'd it go today? It went great. Done. What are we eating for dinner? I'm making chicken. It was, he moved past it. Okay. So I had like something, something to think about, but he might have a thing. Okay. You know, like Tim's is golf. So if he's really frustrated, he'll go out in the back and whack some balls into his net thing. I'm a jigger. Yeah. And for you as the queen, it's giving them the permission for lack of a better way to say it the space to do that and be okay. Cause a lot of times women put the guilt thing on the men. Like, what do you mean? When you come home, it, you should be skipping to come into this house, right? You shouldn't be in a bad mood. <laughs> you know, it, it's making them wrong for their feelings and their perspective. But when you say, I acknowledge that you have a shit storm at work every day. And I acknowledge that you want to be a good dad and a good husband and you and, and there's a, there's a point, there's a, there's a segment switch that has to happen from when you leave work to when you come home. Some guys love it on the commute. I don't know how long his commute is, but some of them listen to a podcast, comedy, they'll, they unwind during the ride. They'll listen to like an album or, you know, a, a audio book. Like they know how to like do that. But some people, they only have a 15 minute commute and they can't, you know, it's not enough. I used to do, I used to do that sort of thing when I, my kids were younger and I waitressed at night. So my husband and I worked opposite shifts. Sometimes you would just get a bad night and like, no matter how hard you tried, you could just not make some people happy. So I would get in my car and I would blast like the most loud rock, violent music. Cause I was like, I hate everyone right now. <laughs> But by the time I got home, I would, and I had, it was like a good 25 minutes. So, but by the time I got home, I was like, yeah, let's dance. You know, like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. And you know what? Like, maybe maybe it's a thing that you do together and you can, you like, let's, let's brainstorm a playlist of like all pissed off after work songs, like just let loose kind of music. And you can, you can do it and make it a fun thing and be like, I'm going to make a playlist for you to listen to on your way home that's going to help you make the segment switch from work into us 
family life because when you walk into that house you can't bring that energy i don't want to see you like that i want to see you happy and ready to eat and go have a shower and, you know you know and, and you have the power to, to be that and that's when you know when women are like that for their guys you know like that's when you hear guys say things like oh i couldn't do this without her are you kidding me she's like my rock like when i'm crazy like look, she grounds me and you're like i do <laughs> <laughs> who knew right yeah and that's valued that's a very um you know it's a really feminine thing i loved her advice Wow, that was some really insightful information. I just can't, honestly cannot believe everything that i personally just learned from that conversation with her me too i we were both really quiet and let Lisa do most of the talking because we were taking our own damn notes. Right. I've learned so much from this and I hope that you guys learned so much from this. I'm so appreciative for the time that she took out this evening to speak with us on all of this. And if you are interested in more from her, you can go to lovequestcoaching.com is her webpage. You can also find her on Facebook. I know I'm definitely going to be looking more into this. I loved her writing the notes thing. I feel like for me personally, I'm the one who needs to write the notes because I am the person who is thinking about what I'm going to say while my husband is still talking. So that's something I know personally I'm going to try to work on. But I also loved her advice about finding something to help yourself get in a better mood and keep your, your energy levels up and be more happy and satisfied with your life. I personally am going to challenge myself and I'm hoping that one of our amazing listeners or a hundred of our listeners decide to jump on board with me. And I'm literally going to try tomorrow before my husband gets home from work. Um, and he can even think about being crabby. I am going to put on a, 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 an upbeat, fun song, and we're just going to dance it out. That's going to be my my motto. Having a bad day, we're going to dance it out. That sounds like a great plan. Until next time. <laughs>